So hey everybody, you're listening to Tribe Collective. You know, my name is Brandon. We have Dylan here, and our special guest is Joe. Hey. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> we hang out all the time. There's no reason to be nervous. Get all nervous, okay? You guys are awesome and you have cool things like a podcast. I'm nervous. Dude, you you and Dylan have done cool things like the fifty miler and the Dad Diaries one hundred. Yeah. You're a skydiver, yep. you're a certified skydiver, mm-hmm. you're a pharmacist. Mm-hmm. What other kick-ass things do you do? He's a dad. You're a dad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. And then I hang out with you guys. So, I'm actually, yeah, I don't have any kids though, but I'm a dad. It's a title. It's a title instead of a status. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Brandon, you hit all of his points, but you forgot to mention that he's an Iron Man. I- That's right. <laughs> you are an Iron Man. Done it twice already? Once. Once, And then once? I have a second one lined up coming up this year That's in right. June, end of June. Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. So, okay. if you guys are going to be in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, or anybody you know, 27th. So, yeah. I feel like we should back up a little bit and like talk <laughs> about, like, there's so many things that you just threw out that he's a skydiver, he's a, yeah. like a crazy ultra marathon runner, um, Ironman Iron Man athlete, like, and highly pharmacist. educated individual. Yeah, dude. Where do we start? Where do you want to start, Joe? Where do you want to start? Can I start it? Um, like conception yeah i mean we could definitely start with like i saw a bright light no i'm just kidding <laughs> i definitely i don't know i mean i'd be interested in starting when i met you guys because um i think prior to meeting you guys i had a little bit of burnout in one aspect of my life which was exercise and the physical aspect and just um trying to be in shape and also to find enjoyment with those things and so i think starting where i met you guys would be really cool um i was able to come out here to hawaii when i was following a residency program for pharmacy and then I ended up meeting Maui Lee out here who just took his MCAT yeah. which is pretty freaking yeah. cool Congrats actually so we're, we're all actually waiting to see how he does on that but I met Maui and he was a really good friend to me um, since I moved out here and then he introduced me to Dylan I met Dylan and he started asking about Ironmans and then started talking about long runs and I got excited because mm-hmm. that challenge arose again and I was just pumped and then after meeting Dylan I met Brandon and Brandon started helping us out a lot with our long runs and then actually joined in on the long run and so <laughs> yeah so cool. Brandon actually picked us up from our first we had run together for the first time it was like a third time hanging out it was like a 20 mile and we ran 20 miles together Brandon dropped me off and picked me up and that was that at, at a that at the time 20 miles wow when I picked you guys up it was like this these guys are crazy I can't even fathom five miles and 20 and to think then 20 you know was a lot i had no idea as with right. a lot of other people yeah. had no idea if 50 was even coming or the 100 was even coming like yeah that's well, insane and, then, and now too you've done well over 20 so <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, looking it, back on it how do you feel i feel pretty i feel pretty accomplished and i'd say like my old self had like a lot of doubt mm-hmm. and like you know like i don't know like this is your guys' shtick. Like this, like running was your guys' thing. Like you guys always have done it, have experience in doing it. So for like people like me who have probably stepped away from that much activity, like especially long distance running, I mean it was pretty cool to see like come around full circle. And now I've pushed that boundary, and now we're training for like bigger things for the you know new year. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And so. Sorry, I was interrupting. So you, um, so we hung out and we started doing the runs, and then mm-hmm. you met Brandon. Yeah. 
I was just about to say one of my earliest memories of Brandon that I instantly knew he was um, a good friend and it was awesome to have him around is he just rocks up. I think it was a Saturday that we went running and did yeah, the 20. Yeah. So he rocks up early in the morning on a Saturday, has a camera and starts taking pictures of us like he's an instant fan and super supportive <laughs> and then drives us back from 20 miles in the middle of nowhere after we passed the Dole Pineapple <laughs> Plantation place. Like, I was like, what? And then he hops out, takes pictures. Like, that was my first time seeing pineapples, like, in the ground. <laughs> I thought they grew on trees. And he's, like, taking all these photos, being so supportive, talking to us. And I was like, cool. Like, <laughs> cool. Like, this, it was probably the beginning of, like, my first tribe by Phil. Oh, you know? Like, it was oh, yeah. such Thanks, a good introduction. Hey, so. I was having a lot of fun doing it. <laughs> being a spectator. <laughs> it was awesome. And, like, I had that. I was so proud to mm-hmm. go and pick you guys up. I didn't even know you yet, but I was just so proud. I was like, oh, this is so cool. Like, you yeah. know, like 20 miles. Like, I already know this is going to be some cool pictures and, like, a good story to tell. Yeah. But thanks, man. Definitely. No, it was really cool. So, but yeah, and then that um, grew into the 50, right? Because we had dinner over at Maui's house. Exactly. That's how we did the 20. Then, we did the, we had dinner at Maui's house and then we ran the 50. Right. Uh, right. Sorry. Then we ran the 20 and then we just did all these crazy training runs for like the next three weeks and where we just like met a shit ton of people in three weeks yeah like yeah like brandon and i had a friend group but in that month it grew exponentially um from that point that was so cool to see that like seeing the that tribe grow as we were growing as we were like all still like fresh as friends yeah and so it was really really, really cool to see that like doing the hikes after the after the um after the runs and just the the hangouts and drinking beer and barbecues that kind of all brought everything together yeah it was a really crucial time and especially since we were like really working towards the 50 Mm -hmm. that's probably like the glue that brought a lot of the friends closer together and like the south to north team you know we had like ryan zane emily maui and maggie like you know a lot of them yeah we wa- we wouldn't have been all so Tristan close. Too. Tristan, Tristan too. Wider. Yeah. Wider. Yeah. So that was like the real glue. And I think the tribe really, like, this is something that we talk about all the time. But like for our listeners that's thinking, you know, the, the tribe, mm-hmm. like that was like kind of like a founding moment. For sure. Yeah. Because yeah. like, like back to what Dylan said, it's kind of like, you know, that's when it really started to pick up. Our circle really started to grow. Yeah. And we grew as a community too like all the things that we're starting to do and still have plans to do mm-hmm. so that's true yeah good stuff yeah so with your run um i say your run but like with our run that yeah. we had done together <laughs> um that was you were still like pretty fresh into hawaii right super fresh yeah i moved here um in the middle of june and i had to do the two-week quarantine mm-hmm. which was lame but then i was able to get out and to start going so yeah I probably started experiencing Hawaii like beginning of July, and I think we started planning to run the end of August. That's so crazy. So within two months of being here, and then within three months we did the fifty, which was awesome. Yeah. That was um, it was really fun actually. I I enjoyed this fifty a lot. Uh, I ended up I had one that I did earlier in the year, and that was really fun. I got to do back in Utah, and I kind of thought that was like my last big hurrah because I didn't think I'd be able to keep that part of my life and take it with me to Hawaii. And so when I met this group of friends that were interested in it, that's when I got hooked. I was like, yeah, 
this is super sick and so yeah man you're a fucking megastar everyone's like oh joe's like you're like the, <laughs> you're like the godfather to us like you've done all you've done it See, all so i don't i don't think of it that way at all honestly i get nervous around you guys because like <laughs> i think wrestling is super cool and it's something unspoken that i won't ever say and like people that can do it amaze me because i'm so bad at it and so I think it's cool, like that night that I had, we had a night where we went over to Brandon's house and you guys have a map that you still set out for those that don't know, <laughs> and they wrestle and that's pretty cool to keep that alive. So I think that's cool. I think the fact that Brandon did powerlifting is awesome. That intimidates me because I'm like, that's so cool. It's like, <laughs> who can just go and lift that much, you know? And then with Dylan over here, he's just dreams, like, which is awesome. He'll be like, yeah, we can do it. Yeah, and I, Dylan's the dreamer. Oh yeah, hundred percent. He really is the dreamer. Like, yeah, you wouldn't even know you had the dream. Then he's just like, "Well, I think we could do it." And you're like, "Shit, I think you're right." And like, you're like, "We're gonna do it." <laughs> that's how we get into a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Like that's how we do. Yeah, most of the stuff mm-hmm. we've done, there's some hesitation with like somebody wanting to do it, and then Dylan's like, "Ah, hey, you know, I think we could do it." And yeah. then you're just like, it just changes. Oh yeah, wait, the, the, and it's like it's positive peer pressure. <laughs> I don't, well, and it's like the, there's some aspect of confidence behind it that's not maybe blind, but I would say blind confidence because, like, you don't quite know how the outcome's going to be, but you're just like, I bet somehow, some way we could do it. And I'm just like, okay. Well, like, okay, with 100. Yeah. We'd, we, like, had ran together for three weeks. And I was doing research. It takes about 10 months to train for 100, like, solid, like a solid running plan. About mm-hmm. 10 months. We did it in September... November, December, because <laughs> we took October off after yeah. the fifties. Yeah. Jeez. So. Well, we got there. There's there's a there's a message that the listeners can can hear about like just believing in yourself and, mm-hmm. and just like knowing like even like doing this shit that scares you is so important. Yeah. Well, and I think one thing that's cool maybe to pull from that, we went on this run one morning out in Manoa, just out here where Dylan's at. Sorry, I'm giving away where you live. This is why I'm not good at this stuff. But (laughs) we're doing a morning run out here, and we both had this realization that we wanted to do 100 since we were 21 years old, which is crazy because we, like, what, you're 25 now? 24. 24? Wow, okay. So I took longer. I'm 26, and he's 24, so he sat on it for three years and thought about it, and I sat on it for five years and thought about it. Mm-hmm. But the actual, like, time that it took us to do it was four months. So you imagine, yeah. like, sitting on something for, like, three to five years, but then actually knocking it out in four months. I just think that's super, when you go to, like, your inner power and, like, how much you can really accomplish, like, don't just keep sitting and thinking about your goals, you know? Because yeah. they'll just keep being on the back burner. Yeah. And it can take months to accomplish them instead of like years of thinking about them. You can get a lot quicker to your goals if you really, mm-hmm. I guess, channel like all that energy into it. And, and yeah. also just saying yes to it. Like, I mean, either way, it took me, it took me four months to train for the run, but it actually took me 21, 22. Like it took me three years to, to actually do it. So that time is going to pass anyways. If I was 21 and did it when I was 21 after training performance, it could have happened. But, I mean, with Joe, too, he, like, I'm, like, like, there's so many different aspects of your life that I think a lot of people can um, really benefit from hearing. It's like, you're, like, I mean, you're a fucking doctor, and you have your skydiving license. These are things that take time and effort to do, and you don't waste that, and you, you, like, take every day and you see 
um, the benefit and like seizing those days. And, and if you do that consistently over a amount of time, you can do whatever you want. Thanks, man. Yeah. And like, I think that's like a, a huge um, aspect that we're starting to create as a, as a tribe too, is like knowing what they are, identifying those things, and then like working towards them. And that's like so easily represented with like a long distance run. Yeah, no, that's true because it's like, it just keeps building. You don't realize that like what you put in now is like groundwork with the long run, like the first 10, 20 miles, they're fun. Like you're smiling, you're having a good time, you know? And then all of a sudden you hit 30 and you get that subtle confidence. You're like, oh, I'm almost a third of the way done. You're feeling really good. And um, that's a really good parallel to have with life as you start adding things and bringing more things in and then there's more challenges as you get later on. So I like that idea. Do you want to talk about the 100 mile a little bit? Yeah, definitely. I don't think I'm back. It's been what? Uh, today's the 24th. So it's been a little under a month since we mm -hmm. ran that. Do you want to like share insights, any lessons, any pains, mm -hmm. um, anything that was good? Yes, um, definitely on like a side note, my toenails, <laughs> both of them are falling off. <laughs> both of my big toenails. Like I didn't think it was possible to run far enough to have your toenails fall off, but it definitely is. So that is one thing that I find hilarious and I think <laughs> half of like the bottom of our feet have, feel, have oh, like peeled off, right? Gross. Yeah, my fears, fucked. Yeah. <laughs> so, but the hundred was incredible. Um, it started off with an awesome speech from Wida. That's like kind of like one of the first things I remember. I think um, your mom and her friend were meeting us in the parking lot there. Yeah, and, Marcy. Mm-hmm. And then, um, yeah. So then after that speech, and then it's like it's almost like as soon as we like got that motivation, it started raining, <laughs> right? <laughs> Like, it rained, I think, as soon as we left the park. How many lot. miles did you guys oh, run in the rain? Jenny was there with us, too. She was on a bike doing the first 10, 20 she miles. She did the this? first 30. 30? Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. And it was raining most of the time? It rained for, like, the first 40. Mm -hmm. Really? Yeah. It was actually, like, at first, like, oh, this is nice. Like, it's going to be cool. We're not going to be sweating. We're going to, like, the afternoon's going to be chill because, like, we're not going to experience the heat wave for the day. Which was true, but what ended up happening was having soggy feet for yeah. the, from like hour zero to like hour something like hour fifteen. Our feet were just soggy. Mm -hmm. Yo. Yeah, and then um, the crew came in clutch with like all of the socks. They kept bringing those, and like we had new socks at like every turn to change into, which was super cool for me because I. I have a specific thing of socks that I like to run in. Dylan doesn't know this, but I have specific socks that I like to run in because I don't like, I think I'm going to get blisters if I run in anything else. And it was cool that we didn't, um, or that I, I don't know, I didn't, I don't know how you did on blisters, but so yeah, we did that. And then, I don't know, just like, I remember eating a ton of sandwiches. I think that was like the joke is that I ate way too many sandwiches. The peanut butter ones. Yeah. <laughs> Let me roll up just thinking about that so gross dude i needed the energy i had a sandwich and a banana like every time we got to stop which so, was yeah do you want to talk about your nutrition for for the run then yeah what, what was that it? stuff we had spiz spiz is insane and it's amazing we i don't know i love that stuff did you like it yeah it was like a chocolate protein shake that was jam-packed with electrolytes mm -hmm. and it tasted really like milkshake yeah so that was incredible. We would put that in our water bottles and drink that in between each aid station. We had aid stations every six miles, which was incredible too, that um, we had that much support. Mm -hmm. That was awesome. 
Um, other, I guess, nutrition. Honestly, I ate a bunch of sandwiches and, <laughs> like, bananas. I had a couple granola bars, too. I didn't do, like, any of the blocks or any of the goose. I, yeah, I tried to eat as much, like, real food as possible. We had soup. We had soup at mile 69, and I couldn't make, like, one inappropriate joke. <laughs> I was so out of energy, I remember looking back on it. I didn't do anything funny for mile 69, and I had, like, liquids and everything. I think I tried to, like, that's maybe too much. Never mind. I tried to take a shit. I know that. That's about it, but for those that want to know. 69? Yeah, and it just didn't work. I don't know, man. You wanted yeah, something right. to remember. I wanted mile something, 16. yeah, to remember mile 69, and it was so uneventful, I was just like, damn, this sucks. Yeah, I remember, like, I was just like, alright, I, was, I remember seeing it on my watch, so I was like, I don't, I don't even care. Yeah. I don't care at all. Yeah. Let's just, let's just keep going. Yeah. But, um, and then I remember, I think mile 69 was right before, is it kind of point, am I saying that right? Kind yeah, of point? perfect. Yeah. So we were right before, um, that, and we... That's when Emily and Ryan were taking us through, like, a super muddy, like, hike of the run. And I remember Dylan was, like, a little bit ahead of me. And I'm kind of competitive, like, wanting to keep up with Dylan. I don't ever, like, feel like I need to run faster than him, but I just want to run next to him. And so I kept trying to do that, and I'd step in all these puddles, and Emily was, like, making fun of me. She's like, if you would just take a step back, it'd be easier. And, like, just follow me. And I was like, we got to just go faster. Then we got to that super sketchy spot on kind of point when we were going down the rocks you yeah that? that was like a some was like a hundred foot drop that we had to yeah like, uh, <laughs> down climb which is like if you take into account so it's like one o'clock in the morning after being up for something like a long time like something like 20 20 plus hours yeah so one o'clock in the morning we were like we ran five miles from our last aid not five miles probably like four miles from our last aid station so like we're probably running low on our water Right? It's like pitch black. A seven, we're at mile 73. Yeah. Yeah. So that was pretty crazy. But when we get down from that, and then there's, if you've done the hike out there, the ocean makes this weird sound as it goes through <laughs> a rock. Have you guys heard that? Do you remember that? It sounds like an elephant or something. Yeah. <laughs> so you think that like a monster is out there following you. So we finally finished that. And then that's when we met up with Maggie and Brandon, who were just stoked to run at 2 o'clock in the morning. Yeah, we were waiting. You guys were so excited. We were, we were there since, like, 11. And we were there, like, really early. And we and were so... before that, too, right? Yeah, because I mapped it out, and I knew that me and Maggie were not going to get 30 if we started at that aid station. So, like, me and Maggie literally, like, you know, we'll run down two miles come back that's four and then that'll be our that'll be our 30 like mm-hmm. we needed to do it that's fucked up and we were we were we were like super irritated too that we had to do it because we thought it was gonna be really <laughs> perfect it was gonna yeah. be 30 miles perfect didn't have to do anything and then you know we get back to the car and you guys still took maybe like another hour and a half so after running like four miles and you have like a break our legs got like really achy yeah but oh that's the worst and then jumping into it and then doing the next 26 was just it was hard, but probably not 100 hard. No, <laughs> dude, stopping, like working out, stopping, and then going again is incredibly difficult. Yeah, it was pretty. Yeah. Yeah, we were pretty irritated, but we just kept, like once we saw you guys, we saw the lights flickering mm-hmm. all the way at the end of, like by Yolks, we knew it. Like we were just like, okay, doesn't really matter what our bodies feel right now, yeah. but we're, once they get here, we're, it's go time. 
Yeah, that's like a different breed. Like, hey, let's not just pace them for 26 miles. Let's fucking like make ourselves more tired <laughs> before they right. come. Yeah. It's like, what the fuck? Well, no, and that's like, it's so cool to just be around people that want to do more than a marathon. Like, people put a marathon on their bucket list and we've like almost made it the standard for our group that you have to do an ultra marathon and hang out with us. I hate that. It's becoming no, a thing. It is. Like, it is a thing. I, is a thing. Being, I know your friend that's coming to visit runs a lot and does braces longer than I could even imagine, but what are we doing when your friend gets here that's visiting? <laughs> We're running a marathon. Right. Like, why is that a thing? We did the same with Cam. Cam came down. Only a marathon is what we're thinking. Come to visit Oahu. Run a marathon. We got you. Yeah, Julian Cullenber. He's, like, actually one of the first... He is the first ultramarathon runner that I've had the pleasure of meeting, actually. Nice. Uh, of, of my... of To my knowledge, he's my, the first... Um, he's also the first person I met to do triathlon. Nice. Super cool guy. Really sassy, really gay. I love you, Julian. Um, he's also my best friend. And um, so it was, it'll be really fun to have him around. He's he's like he's like the pink flare to like when we're running he's just be like it's just gonna be really funny. <laughs> awesome. I can't wait. Makes yeah. me feel like I need to start running again and get in shape. Um, Dude, I'm ex- I, I, yeah. I'm not even gonna lie, I'm a little excited. Cause Dude, it's a, it's a, a man right now. I know. It's a different yeah, feel because like running with the crew, yeah. and like having like done an ultra before, I'm excited. Like I don't know, good. I don't yeah, know why. I'm just like really excited to see everybody's faces like going through it again. I kind of miss that. Oh, dude, I want to clap for this really quick because it's super exciting because Julian mm. is also gonna be our pacer. In Moab. No way. Yeah. Serious. Yeah. So he's gonna he's gonna be a recurring face. That's awesome. That's awesome for you guys. Like, I need to start inviting people from Utah. I haven't told too many people from home, to be honest. (laughs) Is this should we talk about? You know, yeah. I was just about to say we kind of just like oh, just go for it. All right. So uh, in uh, October fifth, right? Sixth. October sixth to uh, October ninth. I'm going till the tenth. I don't know about you. Dude, I want to hit the ninth. I want to run. So the night. I want to run for. I don't want to run for four days. I want to run for three days. Keep going. I gotta do some math real quick, but just keep going. So Joe and I, actually, side note, I love having Joe as a running partner, because he's so good at math. Like he can like bust out the pace. He said, like, "Hey, we just have That's to go." That's ninety hours, bro. Sorry. Like that, right there. So he knows how long and how fast we need to go. Um, to like hit certain goal points. And like, I don't have to do the math ever. He's joking on it. <laughs> He's like shaking his head. <laughs> I'm going to come back to this goal in a minute. We're going to talk about the realistic like of it. But what are we doing for 90 hours? We're going to be running for 90 hours, hopefully. Why? What are we trying to accomplish? Are you are you doing the podcast or am I doing the podcast? <laughs> I'm just wondering at this point. It's, um, I need answers and I'm using this podcast to get them. Okay, so we're running the Moab 240. We're, we're two of 250 people doing this race, which is super cool. We're like, what, 4% of the run runners? Oh, I, I, I don't know. Two. 8% or 8%. Yeah, we would be like point, I think zero, eight. I don't know, keep going. Yeah, oh, I, yeah I think we're 8% of the running group that's going for this mm-hmm. race. But 240 miles, October 5th to October 8th. That's insane. 
It's gonna be great. So you guys have taken majority of January off, and what was? Oh my god! So yeah, yeah. I guess going into like the two forty. Now that we all kind of know about it now, like, what is your mental preparation for like these months to come? I know it's in in October yeah. still, but I mean, you've had a month off. I don't know if you guys are probably gonna take another month off, like somewhere in the middle of the year, but. How would your mental preparation be? I think for me, honestly, I'm excited to do um, something at home again because when we come here and when we do the runs, I think it's incredible to have the tribe around and to be treated like family and to be loved so much to do the runs here. But one thing that's actually been tough to, to mention is like my dad at home, he loves coming to any run or any triathlon or any swimming event that I've ever done and he's super supportive. And so for me, mentally, I'm excited because like it's happening in Utah, my home state. I get to have my family super close by me and I get to have new friends that I've met from like another side of the mm -hmm. world come and like join me. So mentally, like I think with all of that there, I'm feeling really positive about it. Um, I won't lie in the beginning on the 1st of January, just to comment, like Dylan calls me in the way that I'm thinking about this race is like we were signing up for it. 220, was it? 225 had signed up yeah. in like three hours. 229. Yeah, 229 yeah. had signed up in three hours, which is crazy. Like you got to realize this is on the first. So everybody like... New Year's Day, yeah. Yeah. They had to wake up early to even sign up for it. And then to think that there's like 229 out there that are crazy enough to sign up for it. So I was thinking like, oh yeah, let's do it next year. Won't even like 100%. And Dylan's like, well, I'm going to do it. And I was like, shit, well, I'm not going to let Dylan do it and not do it. And he's like, just think of it this way, because it's a really hefty entry fee if you look it up. But he's all like, yeah, like we could bet that on ourselves. And I was like, oh, would you bet on yourself to do this? And it just like you guys came in, like I always think it's so weird when people list your accomplishments because it makes you just think like what you're currently doing, at least it does <coughs> to me. Mm -hmm. And so... What I do is like all of those historical things that I've done of like triathlons or even the 50 here or the 100 here, it's like having that history, would you bet on yourself to do something that I still think is impossible? I'm not going to lie. Like I won't think the 240 yeah. is possible until I cross the finish line. I don't know about you. like Man, I thought doing 50 was impossible for me Yeah. until I did it. I mean, I'm pretty sure Brandon felt the same way about 30, but... Um, but that day, actually, you convinced me not to do it. And I was like, all right, not going to do it. I was like, I was like, fine. He's like, you're right. It's too expensive. It was $2,000 entry fee. Yeah. Um, I'm hurting. My bank account's hurting right now. <laughs> yeah. I've been man. eating a lot of hummus and rice lately. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, so it was the price. Joe was like, oh, maybe next year. And I was like, okay, fine, next year it is. And then, then I said to myself, I was like, I'm not betting on myself right now. I'm not believing in myself. And that like made me start crying. And then I called Joe, I called Joe back and I was like, hey, um, I don't think we're like believing in ourselves right now. And I don't think that we're like, we can't, we didn't even start the run yet. Yeah. We haven't even, like the gun hasn't even gone off yet. And we're already like doubting ourselves. <laughs> so. No, and sorry, just to jump in and add a parallel, like think back to the beginning of this podcast when we talked about putting something off for I'm years when it. you can accomplish it in months. Exactly. Yeah. We had something ahead of us that we can accomplish in 10 months and I already won't even like, I was ready to put it off for a year for sure. Same, same. And so I I'm, I'm super grateful to you guys as friends because I would have put it off for a year. Yeah. Not mm -hmm. going to lie. 
Yeah. And October will come around quick. You know, and mm-hmm. as daunting as 240 sounds, I think crossing, seeing you guys cross the finish line, we're, we have to revisit this podcast. Like, we have to listen back and see, like, what yeah. kind of drove you guys. Because you guys didn't believe in yourselves at one point. And then, you know, it's that camaraderie that you guys have right now that really pushed it. It's the tribe, man. It's that, it really is. Like, it's such a, like a corny, like... Uh, slogan but it's the tribe vibe like the vibes that we put out dude it is each other and to everyone i feel so much pride just even saying it because i tribe pride tribe pride (laughs) pride pride tribe pride pride all of it yeah it it, to see it grow to this extent and i'll be honest 204 like i've told some co-workers and like some friends about the 240 and I was like, hey, would you think like 100 miles is crazy? They're like, yeah, absolutely. I'm like, hey, think 240. Mm-hmm. And I'm just telling them like very briefly, like, you know, I think I know these guys that are going to do it. And That's like, like, yeah. And it just, they can't comprehend it. But then for me, I feel like a lot of pride that the tribe idea, the podcast, all these cool things that's happening is like taking off. And that's like a huge thing. It's a huge yeah. deal. So the tribe vibe definitely exists. <laughs> it's like I don't know man I, I kind of worship it like I, I had to take a break from exercising this this month mm-hmm. just because like I've been kind of fucked from the run like I don't even know what my heart rate is right now but I know it's higher than normal it's 71 right now and that's like not normal for me um, right so yeah I've just been like taking a huge mental and physical break from exercise but it's cool to see that it's still it's, the tribe vibe is still there. You're 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 killing it right now. That Brandon and Maggie are gonna come up, and it's awesome to see that, <laughs> you know. And and we all have huge plans. You have uh, Joe has his Ironman in Idaho coming up, and and we can't wait for you to start training for that. Yeah. Um. And so it's actually really crazy. Like when I found this out, but you were you weren't always a runner. You in high school you were a swimmer, right? Yep. And then you and you dabbled in biking. I, yeah, I would use road biking to get to and from swim practice. It's actually how I got into <laughs> road biking. Um, nice. Yeah, I mean, to go into that um, backstory and that history is I moved to my dad's house when I was 14 years old, and I was a little overweight as like a teenager for sure, and I wasn't very motivated. And so I had, um, I guess like as far as titles go, my stepmom, I just call her mom now, she really motivated me to start pushing and to be the best I could be. And then um, having that like family unit of a mom and a dad to really just kind of motivate you was really cool mm-hmm. for me. <clears throat> had my oldest brother, Jeremy, too, that I lived with. And he would bike to practice and bike to school and he would do swim practice. And so I just thought my older brother was the coolest thing. I don't know if you, you guys... to your brother? Oh, yeah, for sure. If you guys... I mean, Brandon, you're the oldest, right? Mm-hmm. So, and then... I don't know. Your, I mean, your brother probably looks up to you a ton, and I. I don't ever really think of it, mm-hmm. but you know, I'm sure that yeah. it's a younger brother there thing. Must, there must be like, I mean, like, if my older brother was a state champion in wrestling, like, I'm as sure as hell going to do that too. Right. Exactly. And now it's like my brother Jared. He um, would win multiple medals at state for swimming and stuff like that. So yeah. I always wanted to go to state, and I'd like basically just do anything he did for like when I was like 14 to 15 and so I was like oh so like to fit in the family here you have to like go to swim practice but then you have to bike there and bike back and so it was like yeah 
Yeah, I see that. <laughs> I see it now when you say fit in. Okay, I get it. Yeah, exactly. I feel like that's how my younger siblings probably probably felt, especially. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's cool too that like the bar gets set high, and I think it's the same thing with like when we joked about people running a marathon to fit in the tribe. It's not that they have to run a marathon, but it's that we want people to have a dream or an ambition or a goal that we can all get behind and like do it, or yeah. they can help us. And so like I think that's cool. At least that's the feelings I get. But um, anyway. I feel like I'm dragging this out, but I would go to and from practice. It was three miles there, three miles back, and I had an awesome swim coach. Did that for the summer. Then I got into swimming for, like, during school, did it during high school, and then to bike to high school, I had to bike, like, seven and a half miles there, Holy seven and a half shit. miles back. But, no, it was, like, my favorite part of the day because, like, going there, I got it down. Like, I was getting quick. I'm not going to lie. Like, I could get to school super fast, and it almost just became my identity. Like, I would go and be, like... I would shower at school and like that sounds so weird but like even now looking back that's pretty dorky but I thought it was the coolest thing no that's so, really badass yeah. Yeah. yeah and then um and then I turned like after I turned 16 in the winter months I would drive in the winter but then again like every spring and every summer I would try and bike and so after um I graduated my best friend who I was hanging out with in high school his name's Blair we um sorry I get super excited we got into a triathlon because he wanted to do one at a lake that was in Utah. And he's like, yeah, let's do this triathlon. And so that was my first triathlon. It was a sprint triathlon. And I don't know if you guys, do you guys know the distances on those? You want me no, to, like, dude. Tell us. Those? Knowledge, so, man. so for a sprint triathlon, it's the shortest distance you can do. The one I was in, oftentimes the swimming distance will vary, but I think I swam 700 yards. And then for the bike ride, it varies as well, but I'm pretty sure I'm blanking right now. I think I biked like 13 or 14 miles, and then the run is a 5K at the end, and then you work up like a limb big half and then a full. And so after I did this one, it was awesome. Like I loved it. Fell in love with the triathlon. It was the Jordan L one, and yeah. Then I just kept going, and I was like, well, if you can do a sprint, like let's do an Olympic. So I, what well, I actually took a break. I went on an LDS mission, and then after I got back from that. What I does LDS Olympic. mean for people who are yeah. uninformed? <laughs> I just feel like I'm like going through all this history stuff, but LDS... This is, this is, the, this is the Joe podcast. This is all about know, you. It's I all just, about you, man. You know, one thing about me, I don't like talking about myself that much, but LDS stands for Latter-day Saint. Um, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, or known as Mormon. Um, the preferred title, I guess, or like what they like to be called as Latter-day Saints. And so... I was growing up in Utah, and so I was raised Mormon, and I'm still, I would say like I'm a little less active right now, but I went on a mission to South Africa, Johannesburg, which was really cool, and what they do is a two-year mission, you go and teach people about Christ, and then you um, teach them too about the Book of Mormon, which is where the title Mormon comes from, and it's believed to be another scripture like the Bible, and so that was a really good time in my life as well, actually. I, yeah, definitely love that. Um, <clears throat> not eating papaya? Definitely not eating papaya. <laughs> papaya, I think, is disgusting. <laughs> I think it's the worst food ever. The first papaya I tried was actually in South Africa in a village called Mojaji that's um, next to Zanin, and it was awesome because we got to, I got to drive a truck, and, like, these guys can confirm, like, I'm a, I'm a horrible driver. Like, I'm a shit driver for sure. Should not be driving. I crash everything. I crashed my car after the 100. Yeah. Hey, let's talk about that. 
Let's talk about that. Okay, okay. Sometimes, you know, you just see something so enchanting that you get bewildered and you just can't look away. And so what had happened is after I had ran 100 miles and was dazed and confused, I saw a glimpse of heaven. And what that was is I look over in my car after a big rally of Hawaiians go through, like they have their flags in the back of their trucks, they have their big air horns, they're honking their trucks, and I'm tailgating like right behind this truck, and he abruptly stops, well I didn't see it because I was too busy looking to my left, and there was these two gorgeous girls making out, and I honestly... I was I was hooked. I couldn't look away. I looked. They were in like gorgeous swimsuits. Their skin was brown. They were just beautiful. And like they were kissing and I was just so like caught up in the moment. Like I wasn't even trying to creep, but it just caught me off guard. And then I was like, oh wow, that was like really pretty. Like, you know, like it's like a form of love. They're like beautiful people and then like all of this becomes to like a horrible stop as I smash into the back of this truck and then proceed to like wreck my car out here. So but I get out guy was super cool he's like hey bro and i was like what's up and he's all just like well your car's fucked but my truck's fine and i was like we're good <laughs> i'm like if i don't need to pay you anything we're so good and he's like okay and then your roommate evelyn like she left me alone for five minutes with my car and i wrecked it like i don't even know she like the look on her face afterwards she was like how like how are you this dumb and have made it this far and so i don't know anyway coming back I was driving this truck, right, in South Africa, and it was wicked cool. We got to go through these villages. There was dirt roads that we used to go on, mm-hmm. and when it would rain, because there's rainy season there, like, you just basically pin it in the truck and, like, hydroplane across the puddle <laughs> and go on these dirt trails that are, like, a lot like the mountains here where you can just tip off the side. And so I'd go there, and that's where I tried a papaya. But anyway, back to what I love the most about my mission was um, you're, you get companions, and you live with companions for, like, six weeks to 12 mm-hmm. weeks and so i had awesome companions they were super cool um i had some i had a companion from uganda i had a companion from kenya one from rwanda that was really cool i had one from madagascar who was crazy we didn't get along too well i'm not gonna lie but <laughs> he was a good guy and then i had um i met one of my really good friends he was actually from utah had like a similar upbringing as me um his name's wharton and so that was super chill but, um, yeah, so that's why I took a two-year break from doing triathlons. Nice. And you, who was your, like, really good um, companion that kind of challenged you to do the 50? Yeah, so his name's Jansen Wharton. He um, is from Idaho, American Falls, Idaho. Super cool kid. And we seriously, we just, like, so on, on a mission, you get to do things called transfers, and it's where you transfer companions for the day to see different teaching styles, to learn things from each other, and then also to get a little bit of a break from your companion, right? There's like multiple benefits from it. Well, on that transfer, the very first time we met, we were in Springs in South Africa, and we stayed up the whole night just talking. Like, we were like, dude, I've done this, this, and this, and these are my dreams. And he's like, me too. And then I was like, what? And then he would say, I've done this, this, and this, and these are my dreams. And I was like, me too. And so I had him as a companion, and then my mission president, who's Michael Dunn, he has this cool quilt of like century runs that he's done, 50 miler runs that he's done, Ironmans that he's done, and this guy is really cool. He actually built his own company as well, so he just kind of thrives in anything that he does, and I was like, I want to be like that guy, 
And so I saw it on the blanket and I was with Wharton and he was all like, dude, that's crazy. And I was like, man, I could do an Ironman in a year for mission. He's like, no, you couldn't. And I was like, yeah, I can. And he's like, all right, whatever. So that's when I got home from my mission was like the 1st of July in 2015. And I was like, I'm going to do it. So I did an Olympic. And then in the next year, 2016, I did a half in May. And then I did a full in August. So I missed the year mark by like a month. But I think it counts for sure. And <laughs> yeah, so, I think that counts too. Yeah. And that's how I, I just got fired up. And I was like, okay, hey, I want to do like the hardest thing. And so I think that's kind of where it started for me is like I for me, love finding something that I think is impossible and then I want to try and do it. Yeah. I don't know why. Do you guys get that feeling or? I do now. I mean, yeah, I think that is definitely like a go getter mentality that a lot of people don't have because you to do that, like to do something that's impossible, like means that you have, it's almost inherently means that you have to be just uncomfortable. And I was just talking to um, this girl I'm saying, and we're talking about discomfort but versus being uncomfortable. Like besides them being a noun and a, an adjective. But the 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 act of feeling discomfort and the act of being uncomfortable are I think two very different things. And I think um, you should be uncomfortable like in life, mm-hmm. but you shouldn't feel discomfort. And I think when you're um, when you're training for something like an Ironman or or a like a marathon or an ultra marathon, it's a very uncomfortable feeling to be like that sore and pain or something like that. But um, but, but to feel discomfort like in the in the sense of like when you're running or something like that's probably a bad thing. That's probably gonna get injured, or or um, it's a very negative feeling that that you don't want to have. Yeah, no, that's true. I think that's just a a matter of like the connotation of the two words rather than the, um, the actual meaning behind them. But, yeah, long story short, I think it's so important to do that, but it's hard, and a lot of people wanna, don't want to do that. Yeah. Um, we're talking a lot about, like, positive peer pressure of, of doing runs, and um, which is, like, I've, we've, we've, addre- we've had addressed this in previous podcasts about, like, why running right now but it really is just like such an easy metaphor for um, pushing yourself Um, everyone can do it it's a very natural thing to do Mm -hmm. it's like built into our genes but um, we have like this we have like a tendency towards towards doing things like that and so it's easy to call on that gene it's easy to um, to put ourselves in that kind of uncomfortable situations Whereas like swimming or like jumping out of an airplane, those are like uncomfortable and very like you're feeling discomfort <laughs> the entire time. I mean, not like the entire time. I, I love skydiving. I think it's incredible. Damn it, Joe. <laughs> Everything about it feels amazing. Brandon, Talk you about can it. attest to yeah, this. Yeah, no, I do. Like, how did you feel when you went? You went for your birthday. Pretty good. <laughs> I wanted to chase that certification. Never happened, but... Yeah, well, I mean, like, it's it's kind of like the hoops they make you jump through and the yeah. prices are tough. Yeah, like, drop zones for sure. I can relate, yeah. We've all yeah. we've all done skydiving at some point, so... See, I'm stoked I can put this on record. I'm definitely claiming this, but this is how I describe skydiving to anybody that asks me why you would skydive. And it's because I came up from swimming as well, and I tell people, I'm like, okay, 
you know, when you like go underwater and you're holding your breath and you feel completely weightless and it's almost like your cares are just like mm. off your like being like you're no longer thinking mm. about it, right? Imagine doing that, but you get to breathe. That's exactly what skydiving is to me. <laughs> and it's true. like as soon as you go out, you are weightless. You don't think about a single thing. There's two thoughts in your mind. Like one, this is fucking rad. And two, I hope my chute opens. That's it. Those are the only two things you think about. You don't think about how cold it is. You don't think about like, I mean, maybe if guys are up there and they're trying to get sponsored and do cool things. And if anybody who's a big skydiver listens to this, like I've only had 27 jumps. I'm a baby. I've jumped with people who have like, I think my original trainer has 7,000 jumps. Mm-hmm. She was insane. One of my good friends has 1,000 jumps. So I'm by no means an expert in this. But for me, that's why I like to do it. And um, also, too, skydiving can be, like, dangerous because, like, I kept seeking that thrill. Mm-hmm. When I would drive to the drop zone, I would go, like, 120, 130 in my car. Like, I tried to go as fast in my car as I was going to go in the air. Jeez. So, like, you definitely start getting into, like, thrill-seeking, and it can be, like, really dangerous. So... I've seen that with, um, with like, with adrenaline being uh, an addiction, you know, like... It is, for sure. There there are things about adrenaline seekers that really, like, fascinate me with, like, even rock climbers, and that's, like, my only claim to adrenaline seeking. It's, like, when you're rock climbing, like, you want to go harder, you want to go higher, you want to do more difficult things, so I can see that, like, kind of becoming a toxic relationship with yourself. Yeah. But, I mean, you're alive. You seem pretty... <laughs> well, I was just going to mention that friend that I had, he um, he gets itchy if he doesn't base jump because now he's gone to a point where it's like skydiving, he does tandems, and it's like those are fun for him, but those just help pay the bills. Yeah. And then he does base jumps to like get his, his thrill, right? Yeah. And so like if he goes like a couple weeks without base jumping, he legitimately is like, like itching to go jump. Like it's crazy to just watch and... I don't know. No, dude, it's it's so. it's scary and kind of freaky. Like even with, like running doesn't give me an adrenaline rush, but there's a lot of like endorphins, like serotonin that's involved in that. So if I like, since I haven't been running this month, I'm like, kind of fucked up a little bit emotionally. Mm-hmm. Like, like, whoa, what's going on? I feel like mm-hmm. weird in my skin. Um, so yeah. I don't know. No, I agree with that too, and um, I feel like for me. If I don't do something like I and I start choosing to be lazy, I get depressed for sure. Um, I know there's a lot of people out there that say like you can just correct depression and anxiety and things like that by like not thinking about it and exercising. I do think that it's like a part of it, but um, I don't know. I mean, just like seriously to shout out to people like who have mental health issues and things like that is like try and have your goals be pertinent and in front of you and try and work towards them. Because just like when I haven't run and things like that, I think that's part of the reason I keep exercising is like you feel no motivation, you get depressed, you wonder what you're doing with your life. And it's like nobody wants these feelings and we all get them. Like we did the hundred. That's something pretty incredible. And a lot of times people just think it's start. It like ends there. But I mean, afterwards, we still get that like, okay, what's next? Did I do enough? Can I go harder? And if you don't keep trying to nourish it, and it just turns on you, I feel like. But I think too that there's a there's a way that you don't have to keep pushing an envelope, but you can just like find gratitude and solace in what you've done and like be happy with that and like like content. Yeah, like for sure, like being content with like what you have accomplished. So like 
I don't know, say, say the biggest run I've ever done was 15 miles, and that's the longest run I've ever done. 15 miles is still fucking long for a lot of people, including myself. Like, if you ask me to run 15 miles right now, I'd be pretty pissed. Like, <laughs> yeah, same. <laughs> so, like, doing that, you know, and that takes that takes a lot of time and effort. And, like, and like this, per- if I've never run 100 miles, if I've never run past 15 miles, how can I, like, be happy with that? And that just takes, I think, gratitude and being grateful and like realizing that you don't have to keep pushing an envelope to be a better person and there's like no there's no like definition of like success and happiness Mm -hmm. Um, and that's all like coming from within yeah that's really good good thoughts but i mean that's also like me being um i mean like 50 and 15 are still hard Mm -hmm. yeah it's kind of like pick and choose you know like which do you want to suffer more in and like if you are okay and you think you got what you were looking for out of the 15 that's great like i would i would like being content in that Mm -hmm. aspect is important in a lot of things and yeah thrill seeking and whatnot no even like maggie saying that she wanted because maggie's whole goal for 2020 she's scary i'm just gonna say right now maggie kind of scares me is nuts in a in a in a a good good way way. because she's insanely down Mm -hmm. she runs like every time i see her and i'll ask her like hey let's go run a couple miles today she's already did like six or seven the day before and i'm like she doesn't tell anybody any of this like i'm just like a little worried (laughs) because she's starting to like really like form into something crazy and when we go to Everest Space Camp, I'm like, telling you, she's a super she's going to be a, no, a superpower. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Well, and just like, that's so cool to just like you said, like doesn't tell anybody, like to just silently work. That's the I, hardest thing in the world. It is. Yeah. And I think, I don't know, I, I, I almost envy it. <laughs> when, oh, she, yeah. when she tells me that, I'm like, oh, you did six yesterday? Yeah. Okay. Well, guess what? I'm doing... <laughs> six tomorrow and she's probably gonna do like 10 i don't know right right yeah, no, seriously <laughs> but yeah her whole goal was 25 miles and mm-hmm. this year it's 50 i'm like what the fuck that's yeah did and, she tell you that recently yeah uh, well she did that on new year's new year's yeah Yo. she told me on new i year's. went on a colina run and we were talking about it and she was looking up races an ultra in big island apparently there's one yeah and she wants to do a 50 like and it's soon like I don't know how soon, but you know, like in a couple months from now. Okay. Before, definitely before May, EBC. No way. Yeah, way. And I was like running, kind of like, excuse me, like, <laughs> I was like, what? Yeah. You did all this research, and you're telling me this. Well, shit. I guess I want to do it too. Well, uh, yeah, we just had Maggie on the pod, but I w- I want to do another one for her already. Mm-hmm. But Maggie is an insane superpower, and she's a huge component core member to to the tribe and like what she offers to everyone is amazing um there was so she wanted to do 25 miles for 2020 and she ended up doing 30 that was like way more than she was ever planning to do and then she's like oh i just kind of want to do 50 now (laughs) and now we're just having a huge smorgasbord of Ultra marathon runners. There's not a lot of ultra marathon runners in this <laughs> island. There's three of them in this room. Yeah. <laughs> Shoot. You know, like the hundred's gonna become inaugural, and then hopefully I'll be in aid station. <laughs> I, I, me and Dylan talk about this, but like, 
I literally dream about being an aid, an aid station. I want to be a pacer and an aid station so bad. Like, that is my 2021 goal. Yeah, Brad. <laughs> like, no, I just, for real, I want anybody out there to just, like, come to me and be like, this is what I want to do. And I'd be like, okay. Because you guys so, are still getting your runs. Yeah. You know, you, but it's not like, how it's do I say it? It's not like so much, runs. yeah, not like yeah. so much of a spotlight or pressure. Definitely. Well, and, and plus, too, like, to just take a snapshot of, like, when we were doing the grind for the um, the 100-miler, like, there were days it's, like, me and Dylan would do, like, a full work week, and then we'd go, like, right into the weekend. I'd, like, I'd be working on the weekend. He'd be working on the weekend. And then we would start our runs at, like, 6 or 7 o'clock at night mm. and then run till like, 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning. And shout out to, like, the best crew ever and the best friends because, like, who, who follows your friend on a Saturday night till one, one two o'clock in the morning to the middle of nowhere? And, like, that's the type of support that we had, so we couldn't have done it without them. But also, like, damn. Like, we seriously, we'd be working, like, 10, 12-hour days. And then we yeah. would go and run, like, eight hours straight. And then Sunday <laughs> sleep, and then Monday started again. My work week's, like, 60 hours, and I think yours is, like, 80 Right. Mine's it's right now it sounds busy like mine's about sixty right now but during yeah. the hundred I won't lie it was probably like a fifty hour work week and so maybe fifty five so yeah but I'm also not on my feet and stuff like you are I mean like I look at a computer screen which I still it's just <laughs> so yeah. funny like to see like to the like the contrast in our jobs but we still like end up doing the same thing and that's like the really cool part is that. You can be, be from any background and do whatever you want, and like. I really exceed in it too. Yeah, and there's like, if you're a fucking like blue collar worker like me or white collar worker like Joe, you can still do the same thing. It's like, mm -hmm. it's like really what, whatever you put your mind to. Yeah, that's true, and I think it's fun to see people come together. So mm -hmm. it yeah. is fun. Yeah, we have we. I mean, those are parties. Like a lot of times, we'd like. We'd have a lot of fun with it, and um, and if the vibes are good, we have good food and good beer after the runs, and like fucking yeah, there was always something positive and always something fun attached to these long runs. I don't know what it was coming from an aid station aspect. I know I didn't have to put in that much miles, but I knew we were drinking after, or like something, something fun. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, I knew we was gonna do it, so I was like, yeah. I'm in. All right, what are we doing? Because yeah. it makes it feel like I'm a part of it too, and I felt like I ran 50 miles. I don't know. We're going to have yeah, a couple yeah. drinks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right, Brian, let's get, let's get you a 50 this next month. We'll try it. We'll try for it. All I gotta uh, do, all okay, all, all Maggie's gotta do is if hear Brandon's this. Brandon's doing a fifty. That means you and me are biking forty and running ten barefoot. Because <laughs> that's the only way that's fair. That's no! true. <laughs> the only way. Oh and God. we're not doing like a fast biking where you're holding a pace. We're doing that like meandering where you have to like move yeah. the handlebars <laughs> and like constantly burn your upper body and your yeah. shoulders hurt and your arms hurt. <laughs> I well, think I'm, honestly, I'm glad you worked harder that day, dude. I'm glad you are acknowledging that. <laughs> no, yeah. Like, I'll think about it. Like, ah, oh, that was a, not that great of a time. Man, yeah. I used to do these um, right long bike rides <laughs> when I was growing up, and we went on one. And for the day, it took me, my brother, and my friend Blair five hours to do. Yeah. But it took these other girls that were in a line, and they did it in probably like nine hours. So they worked, like, twice as hard as we did. Yeah. And we thought that was a hard day. Like, it just blows my mind that, like, when people be, like, it's taking them longer, it's, like, you're also working harder. So, like, when you get to the where you want to be, 
Like you've spent. done twice the work yeah. and you have twice the experience. No one can keep up with you. So mad respect for you though, Brandon, yeah. on that. Thanks, that man. was tough. So, we're, you know, there's a lot to do for the year. And I think we're going to, we actually came across a lot of topics today. You know, Joe, we got a good background yeah. check on you right now. Right. I want to talk about one more thing because I did call Joe a white, a white collar worker. Sure. But I think something that I really like, love to hear about um, Joe um, is like, is that he's not just a white collar worker and that he, he has so many different aspirations. Like, I think everyone who's heard this podcast understands that. But also, he has a pretty cool background with um, woodwork. And yeah. That's like really cool. I love hearing his one of his pipe dreams about that. Do you want to talk about that a little bit, Joel? Definitely. Yeah, for sure. Um, when I got out of high school, I started working at a countertop factory. And at that countertop factory, I actually got, um, that's not laid off. I don't know what it's called. Like when work's like too slow, I'm pretty sure it's laid off. Yeah. And so I got laid off there and I started working at a cabinet shop. And the owner of the cabinet shop, his name is Brian Day. He's one of my close friends. And then Mike Saltaire works there as well. And he's also one of my close friends. Did you run 50 with Mike? Yeah, I ran a 50 miler with Mike, a 50 miler, and two 50 milers with Brian. So just to throw it out there too, Brian's 57 years old and ran a 50 miler in 2020. And he did it fast. (laughs) He seriously, he finished maybe like, oh, and he actually too got, sorry, this is one of like my closest friends. Yeah. I, I love the guy to death, but he actually got a personal record from five years before. So he ran one at 52 years old and then got a personal record at 57 years old by one second. And you should have seen this guy. He was ecstatic. <laughs> it was so cool. But um, he owns a cabinet shop and I got to work for him since I was 18 years old and it's the coolest thing. And so I love woodworking. I love um, just doing something that's hands-on that you can look back at the end of the day and be like, I accomplished that because it's a tangible thing. Like you can go over and lift up the cabinet that you built or you can take a picture of the cabinets that you installed in a home. And I think it takes a lot of um, just- Craftsmanship. Yeah. Yeah. And like attention to like the finer details and stuff. And I don't know, it makes me really proud. Like it's an aspect of life that I love. And so because I did do pharmacy school, I wanted to, for me, I just wanted to show that like I could do a degree and I could do be could be a pharmacist if I wanted to, and I currently am a pharmacist. And then also I could work a blue collar job. Um, anytime that I wasn't in pharmacy school studying, I actually would go and work at the cabinet shop, and it was like time off for me. Like I loved it because like a patient can't die, you don't have to check on medication, nothing has to be documented. You get to go there and shoot nail guns and throw stuff through a table saw <laughs> and like use. Um, just all sorts of tools and routers and stuff like that. So I think for me, one thing that I want to do is I want to keep pushing my education. I want to get as smart as I can. There's still a lot that I want to learn. And then I also want to do vocational activities. And I think vocation, vocational jobs and activities, whether it's like welding, woodworking, um, even cosmetology, like doing things with like nails or like being a hairstylist, when you get to do something with your hands and help the lives of people, it makes me so happy and so shout out to those positions because I think a lot of people like underrate them and don't think they're yeah. that cool. We're, so. we're starting to see that with COVID, those are essential jobs. Yeah. And we need them more and they're they're getting the time to shine right now, which is awesome. But dude, hey, we um we loved hearing you talk about 
your life and Jeez. and about yeah. like reminiscing was super cool. Um, and good luck on your Ironman in Idaho. Thank you. And we're hoping for your personal best to mm-hmm. to get a personal best. Um, I hope. Yeah, and and for the two hundred and forty, love to hear that. Love to be next to you. We'll yeah. both be there. Don't worry, I'll I'll talk to you like the whole time. <laughs> I'm curious, how many are you doing? Are we, are you playing a triple digit? A what? No, oh my god. Shit. I mean, it's still months away, I don't know, but that's so crazy. <laughs> if it took us three months to do it, coming from average, I just, I just like jumped out of Nepal, man. I was like, fucking non-nurse of shit. <laughs> you know, if I could do that, if I could do 100 after like being there, we could definitely do 100. And what we have, we have nine months. You have a baby. <laughs> this is our baby. It's the Moab baby. <laughs> also, Brandon could definitely do 100. I know. Can we call our marathon? Like, I was just thinking about this, and I think it's pretty good, but when Julian comes, can we call that marathon Ride the Pride of Tribe Vibe? Yes. <laughs> I feel like that's pretty good. I don't know. Yeah. I like it. Yes, I love that. That'd we'll awesome. start branching into... Oh. LGBTQ shirts with tribe. No, I'm serious. Yeah, but I mean, I'm more feminine than Julian. Okay, <laughs> so. but still, <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah. Anyway. Hey, the tribe will support it. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I'm still behind it. No, it's gonna be crazy, man. Like you realize, just I'm sorry, but 240 miles, right? You are wanting to do it in 90 hours. Okay. Yes. So if I give you 10 hours to sleep. Over three and a, which is over like three and a three quarter days, right? Right. So that's eighty hours of active movement. That's going three miles per hour for eighty hours. That's twenty minute mile. That means we're just grinding. He like the 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 sure like physical endurance alone, but the mental endurance to like constantly tell yourself like, yep. This is it. Okay, you know when you're playing chess and mm-hmm. like your brain hurts after like playing for like 20 minutes? That's how my brain feels when I'm running sometimes. Yeah. I'm like, fuck, this is sore. I think what gets me is because like that same math thing, like I'll think and be like, oh, we're only like four miles from being done. And I'm like, oh, we're like an hour and 20 minutes from being done. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> so, I don't know, dude. It's crazy and it scares me and I'm nervous. But you should do things that make you nervous. Well, hey, man. We got big things coming. Yeah. And we're going to go ahead and conclude this. So, Joe, welcome to the tribe.